I love animals, that is true, and they deserve a life as good as you. Treat them kind and treat them great, and please don't put them on my dinner plate. I love animals, that is true, and they deserve a life as good as you. Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of A Voice for Animals. I am your host, Michael, and today I want to talk about saving Nemo, the fish, not my poodle buddy. I intentionally left fish and sea life out of episode 6 because they seem to be the one area of animals that people have the hardest time connecting with. Probably the first experience I ever had with animal death would have to have been when I was very young and I won a goldfish at the local fair. Every summer, the church in town held an annual fair. There were rides, games, food, and all I ever wanted to do each and every summer was to win the goldfish by tossing the ping pong ball into the fish bowl. I'm sure many kids have had the same experience as I had. I was awesome at the ping pong ball game. Every year I would win a new goldfish friend and would be so happy to bring him home and within two days Mr. Goldfish would go belly up. I can't really remember how I reacted to the deaths of my annual goldfish but I always thought I was doing a good thing by winning the goldfish so I can get them out of the fair, out of those tiny little plastic sandwich bags they were stuck in. I figured they would have a better life in my house in a large bowl with colored gravel and nice fish food. Needless to say, after a few years of belly-up fish from the fair, I decided I didn't like playing the ping-pong ball game. Growing up, each summer my family would go camping, and some of the best memories I have are of us going out on the lake fishing. Little did I know I was perpetuating cruelty each and every time we pushed that boat offshore. I remember any time that I actually caught a fish, my sister or my father would have to take him off the hook. And whenever I caught a fish, I always figured that the hook didn't actually hurt them, because if the hook actually hurt the fish, then fishing wouldn't be allowed, right? It's a sport. It's supposed to be fun. But I was definitely wrong. I think the majority of the time we caught uh, sunnies and one time the hook was stuck deep in one of the fish's mouths and soon after the hook was taken out and the fish was tossed back in the lake he floated to the surface and that was that was definitely a lesson I learned. I also had a freshwater aquarium at home. I was excited to get a 10 gallon tank, the air pump, the filter, charcoal, the gravel, that little treasure chest that blows bubbles and all the other cool stuff to make my fish tank look great and to keep them happy. Then I took pride in picking some of the best fish I could afford. Fancy guppies, neon tetras, sword tails, platies. They all seemed very happy. I fed them every day and kept the water clean, and they just started to die, just like my goldfish from previous years. Although I eventually realized that fish were not meant to be hooked on a fishing pole and not meant to be kept in a glass box, I still never made the connection with the fish that I ate. Fish are smart, interesting animals with their own unique personalities, and just like dogs and cats and humans, fish feel pain. Scientists who study pain are in complete agreement that the fish pain response is basically identical to the pain response system in mammals and birds. Commercial Fisheries 
Today's commercial fishers use massive ships the size of football fields and advanced electronic equipment to track fish. They have large freezers on board that hold thousands and thousands of fish. Long lines. Ships unreal as many as 75 miles of lines, bristling with hundreds of thousands of baited hooks. The hooks are dragged behind the boat at varying depths or are kept afloat by buoys and left overnight luring any animal in the area to grab a free meal. Once hooked, some animals drown or bleed to death in the water, and many others struggle for hours until the boat returns to reel them in. Large fish, such as swordfish and yellowfin tuna, weighing hundreds of pounds each, are pulled toward the boat by the baited line. Fishes sink pickaxes into the animal's fins, sides, and even eyes, any part of the fish that will allow them to haul the animals aboard without ripping out the hook. Gill nets. Ranging from 200 feet to more than a mile in length, gill nets are weighted at the bottom and held up by floats at the top, similar to a fence, creating what some have deemed walls of death. Fish are unable to see the netting, and unless the mesh size is larger than the fish, they get stuck. When they try to back out, the netting catches them by their gills or fins, and many suffocate. Others struggle so desperately in the sharp mesh that they bleed to death. Because gill nets are set and then left unmonitored, trapped fish may suffer for days. Many bleed to death before the ship returns to take them out of the ocean. Those who make it to the deck alive are ripped out of the net by hand and suffocate or are cut open while still alive. Fish who were caught deep in the ocean suffer from decompression, and the extreme change in pressure can cause their stomachs to be forced out of their mouths. Bottom Trawlers Bottom trawlers target species such as cod and haddock. Enormous bag-shaped nets are pulled along the ocean floor, catching every rock, piece of coral, and every fish in their path. Large metal plates at each end of the net drag along the ground, keeping the net close to the ocean floor while stirring up sediment and forcing all animals in the net's path into the closed end. Bottom trawling literally scrapes the ocean floor clean of life and is considered to be the underwater equivalent of clear-cutting forests. The net rips hundreds of tons of animals out of the ocean, squeezing some of them so tightly against the sides of the nets that their eyes bulge and burst out of their skulls. For hours, trapped fish are dragged along the ocean floor with netted rocks, coral, and ocean debris. Many fish's scales are completely ground off. When hauled out of the water, surviving fish undergo excruciating decompression. The intense internal pressure ruptures their swim bladders, pops out their eyes, and pushes their stomachs out through their mouths. Sharks, sea turtles, birds, seals, Whales and other non-target fish who get tangled in nets and hooked by long lines are termed bycatch and are thrown overboard. They fall victim to swarming birds or slowly bleed to death in the water. Scientists have found that nearly 1,000 marine mammals, dolphins, whales, and porpoises die each day after they are caught in fishing nets. By some estimates, shrimp trawlers discard as much as 85% of their catch making shrimp arguably the most environmentally destructive fish flesh a person can consume.
This bycatch issue has been one of the reasons of the growing eco-labeling industry, where fish producers mark their packaging with things like Dolphin Safe to assure buyers. However, Dolphin Safe does not mean dolphins were not killed in the production of the can of tuna, but the fishermen were not specifically targeting a feeding pod of dolphins to get to the tuna. This information alone should make you want to give up sea animals as food and be vegan. Now for a few health aspects. Mercury. Mercury occurs naturally in the environment and can also be released into the air through industrial pollution. Mercury falls from the air and can accumulate in streams and oceans and is turned into methylmercury in the water. It is this type of mercury that can be harmful to you. Fish absorb the methylmercury as they feed in these waters and so it builds up in them. It builds up more in some types of fish and shellfish than others, depending on what the fish eat, which is why levels vary. Bacteria. I won't go into specific information about types of bacteria, but just remember, fish pee and poop like we do. They, unlike us, they can't flush it away. So they're swimming in it at all times. And there are documented cases of toxins like PCBs being dumped into rivers and streams which lead to the ocean and contaminate everything in its path. Now I saw this, this information on the internet with some suggestions from officials uh, offering solutions to PCB. Because PCBs may vary from species to species, you might eat healthier if you consume small amounts from several different types of fish, rather than eating one large amount from one fish. Choose a small fish instead of a larger one. They will usually have lower levels of PCBs because PCB levels gradually build up over time as the fish ages. Thoroughly clean, prepare and cook the fish. PCBs tend to store in the fat so preparing the fish properly can make a real difference. Remove all the skin, all the fat along the back of the fish, the belly fat and guts, and the fatty dark meat all along the fillet. Bake, broil, or steam the fish, and use an elevated rack when possible so that the fat of the fish can drain away. Frying fish may make chemical levels more dangerous. Breaded or battered fish may also be a problem because the coating may hold in chemicals instead of letting them cook out. Do not reuse any cooking oils. Do not eat raw fish or fish that isn't well cooked. Just properly cleaning and cooking fish can reduce PCB levels by 50%. Whoa! Assuming a 50% reduction is con in contaminant levels, it is possible to eat twice the recommended frequency of fish and remain at the same level of risk for the general population. This does not apply to people in the high-risk category, which, can, which is uh, ch children and pregnant women, or nursing women. Why would you even want to take the risk of having any kind of percentage of poison in your body? It's absolutely ridiculous. Personally, after reading that, I would stay away from fish altogether. On to fish farms. Due to overfishing, over 70% of the world's fish are either fully exploited or depleted. As a result, fish farming, or aquaculture, basically it's the equivalent of a factory farm for fish, has quickly stepped up to meet the demands of fish consumption. Many of the current methods employed by fish farms are unregulated and can be extremely harmful to the environment. Hmm. Who knew?
Large-scale fish farm operations force fish to live in conditions much more crowded than they would ever in the wild, sometimes leaving each fish less than an average bathtub. The excess of fish waste and unconsumed feed pollutes the surrounding waters. Additionally, living in such close proximity gives rise to increased disease and infection, which is usually responded to with antibiotics, further polluting the surrounding environment. Many of the chemicals banned in the United States are still used in international fish farms for disease and parasite control. Due to a lack of regulation, these chemicals make their way to our dinner table through the large amount of fish we import from other countries. Many fish farms operate with net pens in open waters. These systems are extremely susceptible to being ripped open from predators or storms. When the fish escape, they cause irreparable harm to the local ecosystems, corrupting gene pools, competing for food sources and breeding territories, and spreading disease. Shrimp farming is one of the most destructive types of aquaculture. Mangrove forests protect coastlines, provide food and shelter to countless wildlife, and supply multiple resources to impoverished coastal people who rely on them for daily sustenance. Unfortunately, they also occupy many ideal locations for shrimp farming and are uprooted and destroyed as a result. In addition, shrimp farmers are often quick to abandon the locations and move to new ones for better production results, destroying more mangroves along the way. Shrimp farms also raise the salinity of surrounding water and soil, ruining the land for agriculture. Some carnivorous species, like salmon, can be very high maintenance to farm, requiring much more food than they produce. For every one pound of farmed salmon, two to five pounds of smaller fish are needed to feed it. Health Benefits Without Fish Other than taste, one big thing that people eat fish for are the omega-3 fatty acids. Talking from personal experience, you can get these uh, omega-3s from flax seeds, walnuts, tofu, soybeans, and as far as the protein issue is concerned, you can get plenty of protein from plants. So, after all the preceding information, all I have to say is this. Let the oceans live. Let the fish, turtles, sharks, dolphins, lobsters, crabs, and all the other animals that get caught and killed in these commercial fisheries live in peace. There are plenty of videos online you can check out to see the horrors of the commercial fishing, recreational sports, and fish farms. But to me, all you have to do to really understand the ocean is watch Finding Nemo, and you'll see what I mean. Please check out my blog at avoiceforanimals.blogspot.com and subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. If you would like to email me, you can do so at avoiceforanimals at aol.com. Thanks for listening. I love animals, that is true, and they deserve a life as good as you. Treat them kind and treat them great, and please don't put them on my dinner plate. I love animals, that is true. And they deserve a life as good as you.